welcome to the Silver Caduceus Association podcast, where we take a break to explore how medical service corps officers shape the story of the Army. This is our story, and I'm your host, Dave Paramore. Let's get started. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back. Um, We are here today with another special guest. Uh, for the Silver Caduceus Association podcast. Um, We have a real treat. We have a friend of mine, Reverend Dr. Vasile Montgomery. In a military context, uh, Colonel Retired Vasile Montgomery. Uh, Vasile, it's such a blessing to have you today. Uh, It is great to be here. Thank you for the opportunity. Well, it's, it's been a while. We were chatting in the lead up and we we're trying to think back, at least I was trying to think back when last time we chatted. And I know you were um, uh, the consultant for the 70 Delta community and CIO for Army Medicine and uh, just an amazing career that you had. And um, I, I know we can maybe just jump right in and uh, I'm sure folks would just love to hear uh, about your illustrious career and kind of uh, talk us through that and, and, and share um, kind of some highlights of your career that, uh, that I'm sure we're all proud of. Oh, well, uh, as, as I was saying before we started, uh, I had a long, fulfilling journey <laughs> in the medical service corps. Uh, I started out with the, with the concept in mind of going on a three-year tour and then heading back home. And that three-year tour lasted for 30 years. So I had the opportunity of a lifetime. I I went to basic and uh, basic training. And from basic training, I, uh, the officer basic course, I went to Fort Polk, Louisiana. Wow. uh, Fifth Medical Battalion, where I had the opportunity to serve as a uh, ambulance platoon leader, a motor officer, physical training officer, and a host of other additional duties. I was actually the third female to be assigned to that unit. So that shows you how long ago this was. <laughs> um, and, and from there, I went off to the patient admin, administration course uh, and then to Fort Lewis, Washington to serve as the EXO of the dental activity out there. Uh, and education has always been very important to me. So while I was serving as the EXO of the dental activity, I, I attended uh, Eastern Washington University and earned a Master of Science degree in counseling services. Uh, I thought that was very important because I was dealing with uh, service members from a host of different backgrounds and, and counseling at that time I thought was very important. And then I was introduced to a game called Pac-Man. And I was oh, so boy. fascinated by that game. I, I have a, a Pac-Man uh, machine in my house here today. I was so fascinated by Pac-Man. I wanted to know how and what made Pac-Man function. So one of my colleagues recommended that I, I call the consultant at the time, who was Colonel uh, Dick Strand. And, And uh, as a first lieutenant, I dare not call him, but a few days later, I got a call from him. And uh, he said, I understand that you're interested in the 70 Delta course. And I didn't know it was him because he didn't identify himself. And I said, 
Yes, uh, I am interested in that. And I, someone told me to call Colonel Strand, and I plan to call him when, when, when it's closer for my reassignment. And he said, this is Colonel Dick Strand, and when do you want to go to the course? <laughs> I, was, I was speechless. <laughs> wow. So from that, from that assignment, I went to Fort Ben Harrison, uh, Indiana, to the systems automation course. And I know the names and locations have changed, uh, but during my time, this is where I went. I was assigned to Fort Ben Harrison to uh, attend the systems automation course. And from there, I went to Fort Sam Houston headquarters and worked in the information management division and had the opportunity after that to do company command at Fort Sam Houston. And from there, I headed off to Fort Bragg to be the uh, chief information officer at the, the hospital there. Uh, so, um, and then from there, I went back to Fort Sam Houston to serve as the executive officer at the 187th Medical Battalion. And from there, went off to Republic of Panama to be the chief information officer there at Gorgas Community Hospital. Mm -hmm. And again, information management, education was very important had the opportunity of a lifetime to earn a Master of Management Information System from Nova University. Uh, and oh, wow. I did that on, online, and uh, that was uh, very exciting because we didn't have the bandwidth that we have nowadays, and, and uh, doing that online was, uh, I had some discouraging days, but it, it, it worked out well. And from there, I headed to Fort, ben Fort Benjamin, uh, Fort Benning, Georgia, uh, to be the chief information officer there. And I was there a short time and off to OTSG to be a staff officer. Uh, and then from there, I went to Tempo, Tri-Service Infrastructure Program Management Office. Uh, at, uh, and uh, from there, the CIO for the Army Medical Department, where I retired from. Uh, and that was the opportunity of a lifetime to have uh, to work for the Army Surgeon General and to be a part of, of so many changes that were going on at the time. Um, and after retirement, I again went off to college, went to the seminary to earn a Master of Divinity and a Master of Art in Christian Education. So I did two degrees at the same time. And then I started my own company, Favor Tech Consulting. And I started Favor Tech uh, because of my out-processing experience that I had when I was out-processing uh, from the DOD system to the VA system. And I wanted to uh, continue to be a part of the seamless transition of healthcare information and data from DOD to VA and, and not have to, service members to have to carry a, a, a paper record from the DOD system to the VA system, realizing that veterans with post-traumatic stress or traumatic brain injury or other injuries or illnesses shouldn't have to carry a paper record, especially if they've been in the military for any length of time or if they've been deployed and, and have issues. Um, so I wanted to uh, continue the efforts that I had started on as the CIO, that the integration of the, the uh, healthcare record. So there's a seamless integration. 
So I formed the company, and the company, uh, my company was Favor Tech Consulting, and and I the name Favor, uh, I named it Favor because I felt like the same favor that had taken me through a 30-year military career would be the same favor that that I would be blessed with as I started my company, and and uh, and it 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 was because I I, I did 14 years. Uh, as a uh, small business owner, Favor Tech Consulting, uh, sold the company last year, but I was able to see so much progress being made on uh, service members, veterans being able to access and and have access to their information. Just me moving from the D.C. area to here uh, in Florida, uh, it, you know, and my information being on a system and I don't have to carry a paper record that is very important to me. Um, so I mean what an impactful journey and, and story. Um, you know, I, I have chills thinking about it and uh, obviously you and I come up from a very similar cloth with the uh, 70 Delta community and a tight knit knit community and that's it's same same uh, kind of themes of of data sharing and DOD VA sharing. And I remember, I remember that time when you were, those times when you were the CIO and I had just come to TMA and it was such a powerful time because there was, as you said, there was a lot of change and a lot of um, DOD VA sharing was a, was a significant gap and, uh, you know, amazing work you did, not only in government, but uh, in industry to help put those gaps uh, reduce those gaps and, and put together some systems that were desperately needed for integration. So, um, wow, that's, that's a great, uh, amazing story. I guess um, what comes to my mind, or maybe a question uh, our audience may want, would love to hear is, uh, you know, out of that illustrious career, was there a highlight or two that, that you can think back to that uh, were most impactful to you or others or Maybe we'll start with the government, and then, and then uh, you kind of touched on it with favor tech and the the impact you had with data sharing. But maybe start with the army. What was uh, what's a highlight for you? I think the highlight for for me, and and there are so many. You know, if you've been in, if you've been in anything <laughs> for thirty years, I, I, you can reach back and you can actually talk uh, touch on a lot of things. But I think one of the the highlights was. Um, uh, when I was the CIO, uh, the CIO at uh, OTSG, and um, and we would ask the CIOs throughout the Army Medical Department to put a briefing together and give us an update, and we would give them the the, the layout of what we wanted on each slide. And and this particular time, uh, one of the guys who had been deployed and downrange. Uh, when he gave his briefing, it had nothing to do with the, the format that we had given out, and and the uh, action officer was very dismayed. He wanted to stop the briefing, and 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 I said, no, no, uh, this is what is needed. You know, realizing that se that 70 Delta, that particular person, had been through something and had experienced some events that 
they needed to share and, and also that others needed to hear and, and others needed to learn from that experience and, and also uh, realizing that flexibility was important mm -hmm. and, uh, and realizing the times and the situations uh, that we were in, things had changed. It was not the army that I came into. Uh, and the format of the presentation wasn't what was most important. It was allowing that individual to share uh, how he had survived on the, on the battlefield and, and how other 70 Deltas and what they needed in order to survive. Uh, that was paramount at that point. Uh, mm. and, and that also demonstrated our part as 70 Deltas to conserving the fighting strength, that which we always talk about that which we keep you know was our focus conserve the fighting strength uh was and is that was a learning experience for all of us and and uh his sharing uh was uh, allowing us to enhance our thought process and help allowing us to uh better prepare ourselves for what w was to come so uh i think that's one of the things that I will always remember, you know, we have to be flexible. We have to uh, live in the moment and we have to embrace uh, when someone is trying to uh, actually not only get something out of their system, but allow us to learn from what they had experienced. So that that's one of the things, and, and there are so many, but that was one of the most powerful uh, lessons uh, or, or things that I, I really felt as a, a 70 Delta consultant because, you know, we want to always learn from each other. And that was a, a teaching right. moment, a learning yeah. moment, and, a, and, and just being able to be there present with that individual at that time. At that time, yeah. What, what an impactful mm -hmm. story. It's, uh, um, it's it's amazing to hear, but you're right. There were so many powerful stories at that time, and we were we were really trying to get as much information as we could from the battlefield. And so, um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, thank you for uh, on behalf of all the medical service corps present and past and future um, for the having the patience and leadership to pause and, like you said, being present in the moment. So that's that's amazing. As CEO of FavorTech, was there anything that um, I mean, 14 years in an industry, what, what a transition, right? We go from active duty to, to industry, and you were very, very successful in industry. Um, it's a different problem set, different test question, as I always like to say, but um, is there anything that, uh, that, that stands out to you that you think would be helpful to share or, um, you know, for our audience? Well, I think uh, my role as 70 Delta, and I have to be very, very up front, my role for 70 Delta, I think, prepared me for what I did as I transitioned because my company was a continuation of ensuring the continuity of healthcare information for our veterans. So I was continuing to do what I had already done or began to do when I was on active duty, fostering a, a, a platform that would facilitate a paperless environment mm. and preclude the, the hand carrying of, of a paper record. That, that was my goal when I was on active duty. That was my goal when I started uh, FTC. Right. Uh, 
I did not want any service member to have to be tied down to Tarrant. And see, for me, I had so many issues. I had three paper records. I had, that's how it had grown over 30 years. It was like every 10 years wow. they started a new one. So, wow. um, but uh, I, I, I just, Faber Tech was just a continuation of what the military had taught and trained me to do and to be. So uh, it was an opportunity to just make a difference. And, and my first yeah. and largest client was the VA. Uh, my first, uh, uh, my, the first contract I had after I got off active duty, I was actually working in the VA uh, trying to learn uh, and, and, you know, the different aspects of what they were doing and what they were doing to, to do to work the integration of that healthcare uh, record with the DOD. So it was, it was an opportunity for me to learn uh, and, and I enjoyed it. It's, it's, uh, it was a very good opportunity, I'll say. Yeah, and, and the timing was perfect for you and transition. It was such a needed time for that, right? The DOD VA sharing mm -hmm. was, and continues to be, Absolutely. but like you, I, I you know, I, um, like you, I share in your, the success that you created, uh, you know, and, that, and, and by the way, for the audience, Lucille and I, we probably live uh, 20 minutes from each other, I'd say, no more than 30. She lives in Ponte Vedra, I live oh, in yeah. St. Augustine, Florida, so yeah. uh, right up the road. So we, we share um, not only geography, but uh, the VA system down here. And, um, you know, I, every time I go to the VA, I'm thankful for, for the strides that they've taken and you know uh, uh, you come to mind with that with the work you did with favor tech so um thank you on behalf of all veterans for your work um there mm -hmm. um all right well now the moment everyone is waiting for we want to hear this story this is uh, uh this is the highlight i think of uh well they're all highlights but a, a special highlight i'll say is your current role Reverend Doctor, we need to hear about this. So t tell us, tell us how this came about. Oh well, that that like I said, once I um, after I retired, I went to the seminary, earned my uh, my uh, Master of Divinity and a Master of uh, Christian Education. I recently completed uh, my degree, uh, my doctoral degree, uh, D.Men. And with the emphasis in pastoral counseling. And uh, I currently spend uh, most of my time serving the community, pastoring my church, volunteering with the Rotary organization. And during COVID, <laughs> believe it or not, I had a senior moment and I adopted a, a 11, well, she was nine then, she's 11 now. I adopted a 11-year-old daughter. Oh, wow. Uh, so, <laughs> yes, <yeah>, so. <laughs> And I will tell you that that has proven to be more challenging than my whole 30-year career. It's a, I have a, look, I have a 41-year-old, a 39-year-old, and a 37-year-old, but this 11-year-old is the most challenging thing I've ever had, I've ever experienced. It's a whole new world. Well, so. uh, you know, I, I didn't see that one coming. Uh, that's a, that, that's a, I mean, wow. Yeah, that's a big step for you. Like I, you mentioned senior moment, but uh, that's, uh, 
I mean, but you know, who better, right? You with your experience and just leadership and training and and uh, all of the 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 just amazing experiences you've had, not only in the military but in education. Um, that that young lady that you've adopted has has hit the jackpot, as we would say, right? Yeah. They, <laughs> she uh, she yeah. is really fortunate to. You said it's challenging, but she'll thank you. Uh, well, maybe not now, but very you know, challenging. In the future. <laughs> As a matter of fact, we did the. Uh, it was during COVID, so the the hearing was via Zoom with the judge. He he established oh. a date and a time. Oh. You zoom in, and uh, when uh, he said, he said basically the same thing you're saying that you know. But I felt like it was more of a blessing for me than her, but he was saying how blessed and, and wonderful it would be for her to have the opportunity. But uh, yeah, so, but it's a challenge, I must say. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, I, I, I'm giving you a standing, a virtual standing ovation for taking <laughs> that, uh, that challenge on um, in this season of your life. So th- thank you uh, from all of us. I mean, that's, what an impact you're going to have on that young lady. So that's great. Um, wow. So um, it, it's kind of hard to pivot from that. That's like the highlight of the uh, mm-hmm. of the podcast. But, um, you know, I, I, I do like to talk a little bit about the Silver Caduceus Association and kind of the impact that our organization is is making for um, you know, many, uh, certainly retirees of Medical Service Corps trying to reach out to active duty and others as they hear the story, but uh, interested in maybe your perspective as, um, you know, the Silver Caduceus societies that were, as you and I remember growing up, uh, Bragg had a society, these little chapters, but now the association as a whole, um, you know, maybe uh, if you wouldn't mind sharing some of the, uh, you know, as you see that how, how an organization like this can continue to create positive experiences for current and former medical service corps officers? Hmm. That's a very interesting question. Um, and I'm not sure how to answer, but I would imagine that it depends on what it is that we're truly trying to achieve. If it's to disseminate information or to increase awareness of the Civil Caduceus Association or to increase visibility of the Medical Service Corps uh, officers as they transition. Um, so I, I think it depends on, you know, a, a, a few different things. But but when when partnering with industry or, or trying to get industry involved, uh, we, we always have to realize that each organization is different and handles things differently. Uh, so there's no standard operating procedure that, that I or anyone could provide because each company, I mean, when I was out there, I did, I, I had a major focus on, uh, on uh, veterans and, and veteran organizations. And, mm-hmm. and we had, I established a, a sale within my company that was vet, veteran focus. We we went out to veteran organizations. We raised money for veteran organizations. Uh, we had a, a vet care group so that sometimes you realize that veterans will open up and talk to each other and, and, and 
just feel relaxed, more relaxed with each other. So we, we, we did that uh, communication. Uh, but each individual company handles that in their own way. So there's no one answer to say, okay, this is what we're going to do in all companies. And most yeah. companies, especially I found up in the Northern Virginia area, Washington, D.C. area, uh, had some part of their organization or some cell within their organization where they did focus on veterans and they did recognize veterans and they they uh, they made it uh, very, you know, they were very open about how they, uh, how much they appreciated what veterans bring to the workforce. So, uh, right. and you know, right. as, as, as president of FTC, that was one of my founding focus serving, right. supporting, and making a difference for our nation's veterans, uh, right. not only those who uh, work for the company, uh, but for those who have served in whatever we could do in whatever capacity. Uh, right. And we even went into, uh, and, and you know, I'm so, so into computers, we, we, we bought computers for one of the, the homes there, uh, veteran homes there in the Washington, D.C. area. We wanted to make sure every single person in that uh, establishment had a, a tablet so that they could communicate or, or at least uh, see their family members during COVID and because no one could go into the facility and uh, they couldn't see their family members, but if we provided them a tablet, uh, they assured us that they would give it to each person and that they would assist those individuals in being able to FaceTime or whatever with their own individual family. So, you know, right. and, and small, and any way we can, we wanna do whatever we can to support our veterans, so. Uh, yep. And, and I think let me, most- Let me kinda, let me, let me kinda, uh, kind of make it personal for you and I, you know, we, we think mm -hmm. back to where we were on active duty, you know, as a major Lieutenant Colonel, Colonel and figure out like, okay, at some point this ends and we got to transition. Um, mm -hmm. You've served at the highest levels of not only army medicine side, government side, but also now an industry side and, and now in your ministry. Think back to when you were transitioning, or even before that. Let's let's say uh, major lieutenant colonel, and you and you think back to those times, and you said, you know, if I had just learned X, I would have been better off in industry. You mentioned a lot about seventy Delta helps you prepare for industry, um, but if you know, if, is there one thing that that you felt like? If you had focused on on active duty, it not only would have helped the army, but it would also have helped you pre better prepare for industry. And there, there's no, I, I'm not looking for any answer. I, it, it, it just, it was kind of what came to my mind, but based on what you were talking about, and, uh, just mm -hmm. thought maybe there would be a, a nugget there to share for everyone. If there was, hmm, I have to think about that. If there was one thing that I could have focused on when I was on active duty that would help me as a and my civilian life is that the question yeah I mean so I let me kind of like think about it from my perspective a little bit like um, certainly and I, I echo what you said 70 Delta absolutely helped me prepare me for industry um, and the army did a lot to help with acquisition and, and so forth um, in my own 
career, I, I feel like I would have been better served, not only in the army, but also now in industry, if I had, and I'll use the term, paid attention more to to the contract side and understood a little bit more how contracts were um, were set up. <clears throat> there, you know, there's just a small group of people that understand that. So from my experience, I, I felt like if I had if I had learned more about the contracting side of, of the table, I think I would have helped the army more and I would have probably, you know, done better in industry now working back to help the government. But I don't know if that helps. And, and there's no right or wrong answer. I just well, I'm just curious if you, if you had a thought to share. Well, I, I would agree. Uh, and, and I think a acquisition, you know, I went to the acquisition. I was an acquisition officer as well. Um, mm -hmm. I think going to the acquisition course helped me, but uh, the what what I think would have helped helped even more if I had a better understanding of the the profit side. You know, we we it was mm -hmm. like we're not in it in the military. We're not in it to make money. We're in it to to accomplish something and and uh, and and serve. Uh, and, and understanding right. the, the the actual business side where you know you make money. My, when when I first started, and I know this is going to sound strange, when I first started, I made a a, a, a vow to myself that I out I'm a I'm a start this company, but I don't want to borrow any money from anybody. I don't want to owe anybody. And if I you know if I don't want to if I want to stop tomorrow, I can stop. So. When I first started and, and I was getting money for my contracts, I was donating and giving my money out to different agencies because it wasn't about making money for me. It was about being able to serve and support, you know, the mm -hmm. organizations or, or the individuals or some agency. Uh, so it wasn't about the, the, the making money. Uh, so uh, I think, and, and the military, we're trained to care, especially in the medical service corps. Our whole philosophy is about supporting and serving and 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 giving and 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 being there to help. Uh, not so much about making money and and all of that. Uh, so I think that business side that that I really needed to know and understand uh, was lacking uh, and. Uh, I went through the small business administration uh, training and to learn about the business side. Uh, so I, I think that was the one thing, or that's the one thing that uh, I, I guess we're so full of compassion that we we just give all and we don't think about right. it. <laughs> right, right. It's like you said. It was it's it's you know on the government side and military side. It's more more about mission, but. To your point, it, you know the profit yeah. side matters on on this side, and understanding that business. Yeah, I think what you were getting yeah. at, and I appreciate you bringing that up because I, I echo that with with you as well. Um, and and I guess to circle back to the kind of the Silver Caduceus Association is you know the partnership with industry. You know, I was looking at young officers, and you know, really even those that are getting ready to transition, that creating those touch points between those of us who've now been in industry back to active duty. Um, we just see mm -hmm. that, uh, you know, the Silver Caduceus Association is a, 
is one of the one of many, but uh, you know, the, uh, one of the successes is our is our experience um, uh, uh, for being able to to share back with those on active duty and reach back and the mentorship and, and so forth. And that's, that's kind of the idea that I, that, that comes to my mind, but I just would invite your thoughts as well. Yeah. And, and I think also for me, as I've gotten older, my desire is more to be a part of organizations that give back to the community. And that's why I said the rotary, uh, I joined mm -hmm. the rotary because they help so many people in so many different areas and, uh, and it's worldwide. It's not just in a local area. It's a worldwide organization, and they make a difference and an impact in so many lives. And uh, for me, as a, even just as a medical service co officer, that's what we did uh, for our active duty counterparts. But uh, this organization has expanded it far beyond what I could even think or imagine. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's why that, that organization has meant a lot. Uh, a lot and and then my sorority I, I you know I'm, I'm active in my sorority as well so uh, it's it's a opportunity at this point in my life n not to stop serving but to continue to serve in in different ways and, and in your spare time adopt an 11 year old so um <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, yeah, she'll be twelve amazing. next month, so and and she's okay, twelve going 12. on twenty-two. <laughs> <laughs> well, Vasile, it has been my honor and pleasure just to catch up with you and 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 talk about what uh, what's going on and in, in in your life now. But it was just such a pleasure to hear um, your experience and your career and sharing that with all of us is just been um, been great and we really appreciate your time and thank you for taking time now because I know that um, we've been working on planning this for a while and you were working on your doctorate and so I do I know that you're super busy now with your church so I do appreciate you taking the time and it was just great talking to you so thank you well thank you I appreciate the opportunity and give my regards to all of those 70 deltas out there tell them to keep on keeping on <laughs> All right. Will do. All right. Good. Well, um, that'll be a, a wrap up then for today's podcast, everyone. Thank you all for joining. As, as always, you can check us out on silvercaducesassociation.org and uh, look forward to continued podcasts uh, as we go. We try to publish it on or about one a month. Um, it's, it's one or a month-ish, but uh, if you have any ideas, please reach out on our website at silvercaducesassociation.org. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, thanks, everyone, okay. and you all have a great day. For more information or to listen to other episodes, please visit silvercaducesassociation.org.